Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 62, sorry for the break. Um, I didn't intend the break to be that long, but I got caught up doing other things, and we're going to talk about some of those things right now. So uh, before I go any further, just to remind you that Beyond Synth is brought to you by DownToJam.com. It's a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. Compatibility... Wow, that was a hard word to say today. Uh, if you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this, sign, this site. <laughs> this is what happens when you go on a break. All right, listen. The show is brought to you by Down to Jam, all right? That's downtojam.com, D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. It is a social networking site for musicians, and you should check it out. So Beyond Synth is on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on power85.com when the show is actually on but we just took a break for like a month I think but if everything works as planned we should have smooth sailing all through the summer of all new uh, episodes and I've recorded a whole bunch and uh, I've previewed some of them so you know that I had Nina in the studio to record and that's a good one and today is also a really awesome episode because it is Ghost and and Dan Terminus at the same time talking about their European tour. Now, I have to stress also, and this always happens when you record interviews like 10 months before the episode airs, one of the questions in the show, I believe, was like, hey, when are you guys going to come to England? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And like a few days ago, they had a tour. Or I think I saw Dan and Perturbator played in London. So... So sometimes, yeah, I've, I've, when I finally put these fucking episodes out, there's some shit that's out of date. So I apologize, but uh, whatever. Okay, so what's up? Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Andy Last. Uh, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. Check out the SoundCloud. That's where we post all the episodes at soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. And uh, we're, obviously, we play the show on Power 85 Thursday nights, and you can check out Power 85 on Twitter at Power 85 Radio and also at Project Friday FM. And that's the Twitter account for Project Friday, the awesome synthwave show that happens Friday nights, hosted by Steve. So I want to talk to you guys some big Beyond Synth news. Uh, and if everything's working smoothly, because you know I record these shows in advance, uh, the Patreon for Beyond Synth should be live now. 
So check it out. It's uh, patreon.com slash beyond synth. And uh, how about this? Let's listen to a song. And then when we come back, I'll talk a bit about the Patreon. And then we'll uh, go to Ghost and Dan Terminus. So this is a track by the awesome Magic Sword. And uh, there was a new uh, little EP, and it's awesome. And this was my favorite track on it. This is The Curse by Magic Sword.
that was Magic Sword with The Curse. And uh, Magic Sword never disappoints. Uh, he's always awesome. Are they? Ooh, he's mysterious. All right, he's got a mask with like a laser in there. So what were we talking about? Right, the Patreon. Patreon, if you guys don't know, it's a website. It's kind of like a Kickstarter. Uh, and how it works is... Uh, it allows people, uh, like fans of stuff, to donate to, you know, content creators. Sort of like a Kickstarter, except it's sort of a monthly donation, but you can donate, like, low amounts. So, looking at the page right now, and and this stuff is going to be updated as we go, but if you go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or just follow the links on uh, that I'll post to the Patreon, there's a video there that's going to explain what Patreon is, and Basically, what it is, is you can donate money to the show. And so there's things where you can donate like a dollar a month. That's the low end. And, uh, you know, you'll get a shout out on the show. And there's higher tiers. There's a $5 a month, a $10 a month, $25 and so on. And each amount uh, has different sort of rewards. I want to say reward. Reward. <laughs> It says reward on the site, but it's weird calling it that. So that's basically uh, what it is. If you like the show and you want to support it, uh, that's cool. And there's also goals that uh, we'll set on the Patreon. So if enough people donate and we reach a certain amount of money a month, then I will do things to expand the show. So I'm trying to keep things reasonable, you know, to start out because you, maybe no one wants to donate, which is fine. So the first goal is is two fifty a month, and so if that happens, I will. Will then create a monthly Beyond Synth uh, video show uh, that will just be sort of a fun little thing. I know people who watch the videos I post uh, tend to, f- or at least I hope they <laughs> they enjoy them, and so I'm going to make that a regular uh, feature. So uh, I'm just going through right now. I'm seeing. So if you pledge a dollar a month, that's like the low end one. That's basically like you know you like the show the way it is. You just want to you know throw a little bit of money uh, my way towards the show, which is awesome. And that's that. The higher tiers are when we start getting into more reward sort of things. So five bucks a month, and you can get a shout out on the show and stream new episodes of Beyond Synth right after they air. So you know the show airs Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern, and then I don't post those episodes to the SoundCloud until Monday. So if you donate five a month, uh, you will have a private SoundCloud link access to those episodes uh, directly after they air on Thursday nights, whatever that means for your time zone. So as soon as that airs, I, I guess I'll I'll have a list of the people who donated and I can uh, send those out. Also keep in mind that, as you know, Beyond Synth is recorded in advance. So... If you're wondering why, you know, it's like, hey, where's my shout out or whatever on the show? Just wait a week or two because, you know, I record the shows and I do these intros and stuff sometimes several weeks before they air. So, for example, today's episode and next week's episode, they're pretty much already made. So the shout outs won't begin until sort of after those ones air. But, of course, I appreciate anyone who donates to the Patreon and you'll all be you'll all get your stuff So that is the Patreon for Beyond Synth. That's the new thing. And if you want to donate, that would be fucking cool. And uh, listen, that's all I got to say about that. So let's go to my conversation with Ghost and Dan. It's actually this pretty much the whole show. So we're going to do that now. And I hope you guys like it. So here is Ghost and Dan Terminus. 
I'm live. Awesome, man. I don't really have anything planned. We're just going to... I knew it. I fucking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's unexpected. (laughs) All right. Well, I am here today. It's a very special episode because I am joined by two wonderful people. I'm joined by Ghost and Dan Terminus at the same time. A, uh, A dark synth threesome of sorts. Yeah, you could say that, I guess. Hello, I'm Dan Terminus. <laughs> <laughs> say hi, ghost. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a fun thing, because uh, anyway, I got a bunch of songs to play today, so I just have a, a playlist picked out, and we're just going to sit and we're going to chat. And um, ghost was... Who I haven't talked to, uh, I know, in like half a year. But you were there. You were th- you were the inaugural guest for the uh, the new Beyond Synth. Yeah, and it didn't. You didn't even. Did you change anything? Yeah, because I, I feel like I, I listened to another episode, and you were like, all that other shit <laughs> that I said I was going to do, I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did. Um, the 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 difference is now, like, there's this sort of preamble thing where I just sort of talk on the mic and play music. And then there's the interview section and uh, like the playlist aspect. Because before before that episode with you, I didn't used to play whole tracks. Uh-huh. So I would just play like two minute samples of the guests like as we talked and it was like mostly conversational. So that was like that was the new thing. And then Dan, I haven't talked to in uh, when, when do we talk? I don't know. It was it was a long while. I think last time we think uh, you have it written down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it was on Skype, and I'm using Skype. It was it was uh, a year ago in February? Oh wow! So it's good to it's good to hear your voices again. Thank you very much. Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, you just did a, a big fucking tour. Actually, we did, yeah, and we we made it uh, alive. Alive, so we can talk about it. <laughs> Even though there were moments where I was, I was thinking, okay, I uh, have my SMS ready, my numbers ready. We are all going to die. We're not going to make it. <laughs> it was the worst month of my life today. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the same for me, you know. But yeah, let's not just uh, spoil anything. Just. Ask us questions, and we'll give you answers about this great tour. I guess now the pressure's on me to go through the list of questions I didn't prepare. Watch this, though. I'll shuffle through some papers and pretend that I have stuff written down. (laughs) So, uh, Ghost says here... uh, Yeah, I got nothing. So this was obviously... This was like the first time that you guys, like, sort of uh, met in person, right? Actually, for... It was the second time. Ooh. Well, yeah, the first time we met in Helsinki, we played at the Flashback Future Disco Club. Oh, that's right. That's right. We met there, and that was the second time I met uh, James, IRL. But Pierre Baton, I I met him a a lot of of time before. So, yeah, that was the first. That was the second time. Yeah. They're all French, so they get to hang out all the time. So, what was that? What was that like? Did they did they English it up for you while you were in their presence, so you knew what they were saying? Yes. Apparently, there's a thing where um, they try and do their accents very proper because apparently in France, if you sound French when you speak English, it's what frowned upon. Dan, am I right? Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and uh, Perturbator's accent's pretty bad, to be honest. 
<laughs> so who was? So who <laughs> he can't say H's. Yeah, no, there's lots of weird sounds that are sort of tricky for the... I just did, um... I did like a bilingual episode about maybe like a month ago that was in French and English. And uh, yeah, there's just certain sounds that are so, that are tricky. I mean, like for English too, like for me trying to speak French because my French isn't good. So I had like, uh, I had like a script prepared to like help me ask the questions I wanted to ask and stuff. And I can't do the, um, the R's very, like the French R's. It's like French people have tricky with the English R's. You, you can say that perturbateur. Well, yeah, because you do like, because the R kind of comes from the throat. Yeah. Actually, we, we spoke English because it, it was more convenient for, for everyone. Our tourman manager and his assistant are British, uh, James is American, and you know, Perturbator, uh, his light technician and I are French, so we decided to switch to English, so it would be more convenient for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Except for the, the, the French shows, everybody spoke French, and I just sat around looking at the fucking ground. <laughs> That, that was every now and every now and then I would kind of laugh like I knew what was going on, but <laughs> <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I remember the show in uh, La Maroquinerie in Paris. It was like he, he had this look on his face. It was like completely lost. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. he was like, "Give me a cheeseburger. Give me something." <laughs> yeah. So, who was all part of the the tour then? Uh, well, so, it's like, you go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. You can have this one. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate. Uh, At at first, it was just the three of us. Then uh, Das Mortal joined forces in uh, Vienna. And then I had to go back to to my house to take care of some personal things, personal shit. And then I I had to cancel the last date. So the tour was uh, finished with... uh, with James and Perturbato only, yeah. So we, we only had Dust Mortal as a support. Four shows, I think he was on. It was, I mean, I was only there for the show in Vienna with him, and then I had to, to go back. It was a cool dude, you know, and uh, I mean, I don't know how it went with you guys, because I haven't had the opportunity to talk to talk about the end of the tour with you guys, but it was, it was kind of cool, I think. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. And he's got a really cool uh, other job, too. Yeah, he like, uh, works in a movie. Yeah, he edits films for, like, X-Men movies and shit like that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, listen, let's uh, let's listen to a track here, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this uh, this tour. So this is a, this is a track by, uh, by an artist called Duet, and that's with two Ts, and this is The City.
we can talk about the tour. I can talk about the tour. It's okay, and I'm sure James wants to talk about the tour too. But there, there are some anecdotes that I will be keeping private because the tour was very difficult for me at times, and I guess it was very difficult for Ghost too, and for Perturbator as well. So I will be giving, I will be spilling my guts a little, just coming like, hey, this time was tough and blah blah blah. But I won't give too many details. You know, I, I will keep it funny. I will not. Shit got shit got pretty personal on, in a good way. All right, listen. We're gonna. I gotta. Yeah, we're uh, fucking up the interview. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> All right, look. <clears throat> All right, and that was the city by Duets with two T's off the album Borderline, and that's a fun track. And I am joined once again by Ghost and Dan Terminus, who just came off a cool tour. Who were talking during this whole thing because I'm trying to have a. <laughs> A properly structured interview, but then you guys started talking amongst yourselves about the tour and how personal it was for you guys. Yes, James. <laughs> James, go ahead. You can have it. <laughs> was there a lot of hugging? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, fuck yeah, there was hugging. Yeah, uh, a lot. After, like, the first couple of weeks, it was... Everything just kind of bled together, and everybody was um, really tired and kind of over the road, because we were in the bus if you want to call it that for the most part we only had like six or seven hotels yeah out, out of like, two out of two weeks and a half uh, it was well three weeks for you james because you toured longer than i did yeah so uh but i mean being stuck in the van for that long we you know we got to know each other uh beyond our little <laughs> synth projects or whatever they are we were only two days into the tour and we were driving at night I was desperate for some sleep, and uh, James and Perturbator and I had um, very personal talks. I mean, like, really, really personal, and it ties the bonds, you know? it's uh, it, it, <laughs> That was inspired that was inspired by a whole bottle of Jack. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we were very close to each other, even though there were times where we would look at each other and... We had that look on our face that, that, that would say, this is so not worth it. This is so fucked. We're so fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And there were times where, where I would say, hey, James, how are you? And he was like, uh, I'm fine. And <laughs> I knew that if I kept on asking him anything, he would go like, hey, man, leave me alone. I'm tired. So you get to know the other people. You get to test all ends of their endurance. And you get to test all ends of your endurance as well. So you're a tall man, Dan. Yes, I am. So uh, how did the tour bus work out for you just physically? Like, did, was your bed long enough? It was a nightmare. Actually, it was a nightmare. But the tour manager reserved, in a way, a bunk for me. It was the middle bunk in, in the van. But I, I discovered that I was feeling so fucking claustrophobic that I couldn't sleep in the bunk. So I slept on the the row of seats uh, at the back of the van and James would sleep in front of me across the table uh, so I, I had <laughs> you remember but he was he was in the he was in a good position because whenever the van would break he would uh, land on the seats but whenever the van would break I would have to clutch you know a seat belts or anything not to fall down oh right yeah 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 but I yeah, had yeah. enough I had enough room to stretch my legs but it was like you know sleeping on a row of three seats 
wow, my back was like, hey, it's fucking, it fucking hurts. Yeah, because don't, don't you already have like a back thing? I do, but I just put the pain aside, and you know, you know, it, it's not, <laughs> it, it's not every day you're going on tour with your friends across Europe for two weeks and a half. It's not every we day. We suffer, man. We suffer for our art. <laughs> yeah, we suffered. Exactly. We suffered a lot for that. Because, I mean, I was lacking sleep every day. You know, when every day you're sleeping three or four hours, and then you can't sleep in a van because you don't have enough room, or you and you're eating crisps and drinking water. It smells like shit. <laughs> yeah, come on, it. That was... Not going to name names, but a couple of the dudes. Yeah, there are some <laughs> you're not gonna name names, but besides you, there is only a couple dudes. They like, need like, to get their hygiene in check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I second that opinion. Really. <laughs> so who's who said? So you guys have obviously like there was the um, the tour manager who sort of set up all the dates. So did you guys have a say in any of that stuff, or was it just sort of laid out for you? Um, it was actually um, our booking agent Seb with the Link Productions that set up the whole tour. He did all of that and then really just came to us with the dates and all the details and we were, it was up to us whether we wanted to do it or not. So the tour manager, he was just responsible for, you know, making sure we got paid, making sure the riders were filled, filled every day and, you know, yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly as James said, for the most part, that was it. But Seb did a, a good job. As you said, he was very stressed because, you know, we crossed borders and we, we've been in a dictatorship, which is Belarus. And then we've been to a country that is at war, Ukraine. So that was like a bit stressful for him, I guess. But it was stressful for us, too. But yeah, it was cool. And the writer, you know, James said the writer. I, after three or four days, I was fucking fed up of eating cheese, ham and bread every day. That, that, bananas, that, man, and bananas. bananas every every <laughs> every single day. Nah. <laughs> yeah, but we—that's not—that's not fair. The rider was pretty good on, on a lot of the dates. <laughs> yeah, we we got like the second half of the tour was much better. We got we would get the the initial rider, which was just snack food, and uh, yeah. then like an afternoon catering, and then a, a, a you know dinner, which was actual plated food. So it wasn't all bad. But yeah, I mean, every day we got bananas, oranges, peanuts. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking peanuts. I forgot about <laughs> fucking peanuts. But I mean, that, that's life on tour. That's life on tour. You know, about food. I will give you an anecdote about McDonald's. We were craving food and we had McDonald's and it tasted like one of the best meals we've ever had. We were in a van and we were tired. We were leaving Ukraine, so we were all a bit stressed because we had to cross the border into Poland. We had a translator with us who was like a noob really he didn't know how to handle that kind of situation and then the van was really silent and all of a sudden the tour manager goes like guys guys mcdonald's mcdonald's <laughs> so so i wake up and i'm like oh shit food junk food you know i usually don't eat junk food but he but i was so desperate for food that i said okay let's eat it and we parked And we're like, we stormed the McDonald's and we had our menu and we were like, mm, mm, this is so fucking good. Oh, French fries. <laughs> we were so desperate. You remember, James? Yeah, yeah. You got to see. Uh, I think the reason Perturbator has more Facebook's likes is because of how much he can eat at McDonald's. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, he eats, he eats two fucking Big Macs, two large fries in yeah. one sitting. 
Yeah, and and he, and if you could see see him in in real life, he's fit. He's really, really fit. Ah, uh, but he's in it. But he's young. He's in his twenties, man. The second he hits fucking thirty, you're gonna see what happens to Perturbator. Yeah, <laughs> but he he was the he was really uh, it was fascinating. James did not exaggerate. I mean, Perturbator, we were like eating and eating and eating. It was wow. How how can he do that? But yeah, that was the the happy McDonald's. We were happy to have food. And and when you are on tour, when you're away from home, when you're away from decent cooking and decent food, uh, you can decent people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, there were moments where I was really losing my mind. I was like, ah, this is so fucked. Why am I here? Also, the reason McDonald's was so uh, such a big deal is because Belarus and Ukraine. I think together they may have like two McDonald's between them mm-hmm. in the whole country and so <laughs> once we saw the golden arches it was like oh my god it's a slice <laughs> at home it was a relief it was really a relief it was I mean last time I had junk food was like five or six years ago so I was like oh, I don't want to eat that shit anymore but let me tell you when you're hungry so hungry that you you are almost starving and when you're tired exhausted And you want to jump off the bridge. And when you see a McDonald's, you're like, oh, I fucking love it. It's good. It's the best food in the world. Yeah, the thing about McDonald's and like with most junk, like uh, fast food, is that it's soft. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you just eat it. It's so easy to eat. It's like, it like melts in your mouth just because it's just <laughs> trash. True. I've never thought of that. And that's the thing. So like whenever, I don't have a junk food too often, but I prefer Wendy's. You know, like Wendy's is my... We There's have, no such thing there. We, yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah. Wendy's in Europe. We don't. It's either Burger King, McDonald's, or if you're going to France, it's Quick. Yeah, Quick. I remember Quick. Yeah, quick. yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, let's listen to a fucking... We're going to listen to another song here, and then we're going to talk more about this tour, man. This is fun. All right. So this is a little track by Dynatron, and this and is... Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Hey, JP. He's a label mate. He just signed to Blood Music. Yeah, this this one is cool, man. This is off the album uh, Eternus, or whatever, how you say that. And this is the track Escape.
And that was Escape by Dynatron off the album Eternus. And that is a fucking cool song. I dig it. And I am here today with Ghost and Dan Terminus. And we're talking about their cool tour. So we just uh, got done some anecdotes about McDonald's at Belarus. How was your... How was the actual show itself structured? Like, when you guys got on stage, was it like you each did a certain amount of time? Did it did it change from date to date? Or uh, There were small changes, but how long did you get every night, Dan? It was like 35, 40 minutes? Uh, I had like 30, well, 45 minutes every night. But for the first week of tour, I was between 30 and 35. But I was free to play 45 minutes. Uh, then we would set up Ghost. Uh, I think you played 40, 43 minutes, 43, 47 minutes, if I remember well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we had um, Perturbator, who would play an hour. Hour, 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, something okay. like that. And the, the changes were really fast, because we had our laptops, our controllers, our samplers, and... Um, Sometimes we would use my sound card just for me and Perturbator because we have the same setup. So so it was really, really fast. We would go really fast. Sound checks were... <laughs> I mean, we, we could have... Honestly, we could have sound checked on stage as we played. Really. It was, <laughs> was right. fantastic. Just turn it up as loud as you can. Exactly. And don't fucking touch the EQ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any sort of like planning phase of like, here's what we're going to do like before the tour started? Or did you just kind of jump right into it? Honestly, uh, I asked for such information long before the tour started, but I, did, <laughs> I, I didn't have any infos. But like, I think it was two or three weeks before the tour started. James made a secret Facebook group in which um, the tour manager and his assistant uh, presented us with the elements and the tour books and everything. So um, it was not really planned the way you would plan a tour, but everything was good. I think it was planned. We just didn't... The information wasn't shared with us until very late on. Yes, yes, I I agree. I agree. Tour manager had like a really nice itinerary for every day, but I didn't see those until I got to France. Same here, same here. So how did that work? Like, did you just basically just jump like headfirst into it, like on the first date and go like, let's figure this out or? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they, they told us what to do. I mean, you know, there's a, it was really organized backstage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One good thing about the tour manager for sure is he was extremely organized in that respect. There would be a, a piece of paper in a few different places backstage with the times for each of us and uh you know if there were interviews what time our interviews were things like that and then he would come get us when it was time to play so yeah that, that was something we didn't have to do anything with that i mean i spent a couple months planning the set beforehand and everything to make sure everything would run pretty smooth so yeah yeah that, that, that uh, it was a, a very good feeling because after setting up after sound checking we were like chilling well we were trying to chill depending on what backstage we were in but well uh, <laughs> i have stories to tell about our backstage yet. and then all we had to do was just <laughs> was just chill and wait for the terminator to go like dude you're playing in 15 minutes you ready dude you're playing in five minutes you're ready come on terminus two minutes before stage time that, that was very professional and very um i mean it would reassure me because i'm a guy who needs routine under such circumstances and as peter Steele once said touring is a routine even though it's a chaotic routine 
you know, the first two days I was a bit lost because I realized that I didn't have any any control over any sort of thing. Mm. And then after that, I was like, okay, fuck it, it's okay, I'm on roll, let's do this. Cool. I had something to say, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any dates that were particularly like awesome or, you know, like certain shows or did they start to blend together or do you do you get a sense of like, no, this was a good one and this was a good one? Oh, yeah, there were a few that put a lot of places to shame. Belarus was insane. Yeah, it was uh, insane. Yeah. Kiev was like 600 plus and they were out of their minds. Well, Paris was crazy too. The first show in Paris, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, nice. yeah, the, yeah. This one was crazy. Everybody was dancing and head banging. Anyone? The place was packed. The place was completely packed. For, for me, I don't know about James and Perturbator, but for me, the peak of the tour was in Minsk in Belarus. It was really insane. The people were like pushing the walls apart. It, the, the air was all sweaty. It was great, really. It was sensational. And then when we, when James and I rushed to the merch booth just to sign autographs and, and meet the fans, uh, you know, I was with a perturbator, and there were two guys who started a fist fight because they wanted to be the first to talk to perturbator, and they started <laughs> fighting each other. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, James, but the security. Uh, I don't think I saw it. The, yeah, the fans are like pretty intense when you. It's really weird that our genre is not getting any like mass coverage, but I mean, if you saw, you know, the the merch booth after these shows, it's yeah, they they try to basically tear you apart. It's insane. So yeah. it, I, I didn't notice anything else that was going on because you know there's people pawing at me and I don't know. You know, it's every every show you go, I, it, you have to keep it in perspective because it's somebody's favorite night of that week, month, year, whatever. And it's just another day for you, so you have to <laughs> you have to try really hard to uh, keep it in perspective. But yeah, uh, I didn't see the fist fight, but I believe it, man. People are nuts over James. It, it, over it, yeah, really. So so I mean, I grabbed James by the arm, and I said, "All right, let's go." And we joined you at the merch booth, and you were already the place was was packed, really packed, because it was basically in a big corridor in an angle. And I was sitting on the merch table with one half of my ass on the table and the other and the other end of my ass just hanging in the air. And people were <laughs> pressing me, pushing me. Ghost was next to me. Pachabata was right there. And it was insane. People were insane. They were really dedicated to music. And you could feel that they were very happy to see us on stage. And there is a, a Belarus, Belarusian fan, a girl. And she said, well, I don't care if I go to jail. I wanted to see you guys. You are my musical heroes. And I said, but why would you go to jail? And she said, well, in Belarus, when you are under 18, if you are caught in the streets at night after 10 p.m., you can go to jail. And I was like, no fucking way. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is a dictatorship we're playing in. All right. I think she is right. So when, some, when a fan tells you so, mm -hmm. then... As James said, it puts things in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's intense. That was intense. I mean, um, I signed a, a, a credit card. I signed... I don't know about you, James, but I signed phones. I signed uh, T-shirts, shirts, caps. I signed all sorts of things, really. Passports. You signed a passport? I signed a few, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, only, I only signed two. I only signed two passports. 
<laughs> Speaking about the like the fans in like the eastern countries, I mean even Poland, everybody likes to bring me gifts. I don't know why I got a shitload of presents. <laughs> yeah. I, I got like teddy bears and chocolate and all kinds of shit, man. Awesome. <laughs> you had a pink uh, no, was that a panda that the girl gave Yeah, yeah. You? I, I kept that shit the whole tour too. <laughs> so, you, so you would see J- James? No way, we're talking right now. <laughs> Look, we got to listen to another track, okay? And then we're going to come back, but we're having a good time here. So this is a track by FM84, and this is a track called Everything.
And that was Everything by FM84. I'm going to have them on the show sometime soon. He's got an album coming out. It's going to be out by the time this episode airs. Who cares? Because I am talking to Ghost and I am talking to Dan Terminus about their awesome European tour, about meeting with underage girls and going to jail. I might have that story muddled up a bit, uh, receiving <laughs> presents. So what did you do then? If you got big boxes of presents, ghosts, or lots of stuff, did you have to like ship things back? Unfortunately, uh, a lot of things just get lost in the shuffle on tour. Mm, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> no, it's really, it's true. Like I had that <laughs> teddy bear for like two weeks and uh, I lost it somewhere. I slept with it for real. Yeah, that's, that, tiny... that's, that's true. I remember that. It was uh, it was either in his arms or above his head. Um, it was uh, <laughs> hanged to the band's window. So yeah, I remember. Oh man, I was missing my family. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the same for me. Uh, as for gifts, a Ukrainian fan gave me uh, tabs of uh, chocolate, you know, mm. Pack, packs of chocolate, and I stuffed them in my uh, in my luggage, you know, my, my hand luggage in which I kept my, my laptop, and uh, I forgot them, and I only found out about those packs of chocolate like two weeks ago, and they were rotted. You know? uh. Yeah, in the luggage, because... It was opened, or f for some reason, I think I'm, I had a bite in the plane, and then I forgot about them, and then it was all, oh, fuck it, anyways. I got a really sick-ass Melvin's t-shirt in oh, yeah. Kiev, yeah, and I, I don't know that. if I've said that I like the Melvins before, I do, but it was a girl they led backstage, and she was like, this is the present or whatever, and I was like, thanks, she was like, it's not for me, it's from all the fans, and I was like, what do you mean, all, how many of you, you know... <laughs> Don't buy this t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, talking about buying things. Um... <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> right, <come> on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I no, we weren't going to talk about the escorts. No, right. I, I didn't do anything of that sort. So talk to me then. You're all sort of packed into this thing like fucking sardines. When you guys got like to the hotels and stuff, did they pack you all in the same room or were they nice and gave you separate breathing space or what? Uh, we either had a room to separate uh, the tour package in half and, and then sometimes, yeah, we got separate rooms. But for me, being the only sober guy in, um, <laughs> in the, on tour... Even though I got drunk a few times, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be a man of contradictions. I, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I had a room that was considered as an apartment there. It was like, I think it was 40 square meters just for me. And th why those guys were out in the city. And I was like, hey, there are three beds. Was supposed to pack just three, three artists. Where was that? Was that Poland? Uh, it was Poland. Was that, it was Poland. Which, uh, which uh, Warsaw or yeah, yeah, Warsaw. Right? Warsaw, Warsaw. And I sent SMSs and messages to the tour manager and to James, going like, "Hey, I'm all alone in that room. Uh, if you guys make it back to the hotel, just uh, let me know because I'm locking the door. I don't want to leave the door open and blah blah blah." And the guys were like, "No, it's okay. You can have the room. Enjoy your sleep. Just have a rest." And I was like, okay, so I had the best sleep of all <laughs> on tour. And the next day, those, the guys were like, ah, I'm feeling so bad. Ah. And I was like, hey, let's go. We're on tour. Woo. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I don't remember that night at all, um, to be honest. I, I don't remember either. I remember. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. I remember. That was one of those revolving door green rooms. Some of the green rooms on tour, I, I personally like for there to be no one in there, but. 
more times than not, there'd be like 10 to 20 people in the green room and I would just be sitting in the corner just like, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Why are all these people? <laughs> I want to eat my oranges in peace. <laughs> Where are my peanuts? <laughs> that was uh, the backstage. Or, they, or they'd be drinking our fucking beer and I'd be like, man, I don't, I can't go to the bar and buy a beer. You guys need to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, most of the times it wasn't even fans that would even end up in the green room. It would be like staff and shit like that. At what point do you put the mask on? I wear it the whole tour. I never took it off. Well, <laughs> in the McDonald's, like I, I had to feed him with a spoon. You know, I had to squash the fries <laughs> and squash the cheeseburgers. And I was like, "Come on!" Come on. And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm a rock star. I gotta be a rock star." How the hell did you get the peanuts in there then? You <laughs> dropped through the eye holes, man. <laughs> you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> but no, I, I literally, uh, no one knows who I am without the mask on, so I can walk through the crowd freely. Nobody bothers me. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know. I remember one night uh, we were at the merch booth and everyone was going at Perto Baton. But that's normal because he's, he's, the, he's the big star. He's the superstar. And people were coming to me just just a bit, kind of like, hey, uh, you're, you're Dan Terminus. Can you sign my card? And, you know, but nobody would look at James. And I was like, hey, you know, this is Ghost right there. And I was like, oh, it's Ghost. The moment he put his mask on, nobody came to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some shows, I would say most of the time if I went outside to the merch to yeah. sign or whatever, I would put the mask on. And if I don't, literally no one knows who I am. So it's all good. So like people would even be backstage and they wouldn't know who the hell I was. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I like that. I like having a bit of anonymity. You need to get a mask, Terminus. No, I don't. I think, I mean... James has a the skull mask. Uh, Danger has this mask with the lights and shit and everything. I mean, I Did could you I, see uh, you weren't in uh, the last date where where Brute was. He has a mask for interviews now. Oh shit! Oh, does really? he? Yeah, it's like a veil. Nice. Ah, okay. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, he's a wimp. That's why he's a pussy. He is a fucking <laughs> vagina. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Let's listen to another track, and then we're going to fucking keep talking, because we're having a fun time today. That's what I tell my guests, just so they think they're having fun, even when they're not. But anyway, this is a this is a track by Manga Drive, and this is Two Machines Enter, One Man Lives.
And that was Two Machines Enter, One Man Lives by Manga Drive. And that's from the album Bot Run, and that's cool stuff. Check it out. And I am here today with Ghost and Dan Terminus. And we're yeah, talking you, about going on tour and masks and green rooms. What's up? Did you say Mega Drive? It's Manga, Manga Drive. Manga. Oh, okay, okay. So... How you doing? How's everybody doing? Feel pretty good. Yeah? It's a little hot in my room here. You guys are working on new stuff? Actually, yes. I'm working on the successor of the Wrath of Code. I had a lot of IDs uh, when I when I got off the tour, so I put them you know, on my computer. And I sent the, the demos to Blood Music, and he was very excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Josh has told me how excited he is about it. I didn't know you were that far into it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Well, actually, I this time for the next album, I will follow a certain logic, which is um, I start writing something on my piano or on my computer or whatever, and if I am happy with it after five minutes, I keep it. And I keep it very straight to the point, you know, something that's very harsh, abrasive, very, un- I mean, to the, on the verge of being unpleasant. That's what the people want, man. Yes, I know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Something's gotta give, you know? And if I'm not happy with what I came up with after five minutes, I fucking dump it. <laughs> Everybody does that. Everybody throws tracks away. I never throw a track away. Not a single track. <laughs> Just don't write bad music. Yeah, yeah, you could put it that way, I, I guess. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a um, I got a Twitter question here. I asked some people if they would ask some questions on Twitter. But they're all stupid questions. So anyways, can you ask... This is from Ken Murdoch. At Giragast on Twitter, and he says, Can you ask those punks to tour the UK? It's only a short train trip away, an underwater trip. How awesome is that? Come to UK. Tell them to, uh, to set it up, make it happen. Yeah, set no it up. No one's making it happen. So, uh, actually, I think Dan's going to be in, in London soon. I will be June 8th at the Underworld in Camden Lock, London. I will be playing with Perturbator. I would really like James to be with us so we could you yeah. know, fuck shit up again. But, I mean, I appreciate the fact that fans are asking us to come to the UK, to the USA, to New Zealand, to Australia. But setting up a tour or setting up dates, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's obviously easier to do it in Europe, but it, it's a lot of work. I mean, I mean, I know that it's not something that people have to take under consideration because you buy your ticket you're, go, you're going to the concert you're having a good time and then that's it but for us it's, it's a lot of work really but uh, I'm not mm-hmm. against the idea of touring the UK what about you James? no no it, we're, we, this, I think it's being worked on I should be there maybe very very possibly in London in September Ooh. Oh, I, did, I didn't know that I mean as a, uh, you will be playing alone or opening for Pachovato you will be playing alone I will not be opening this tour if it happens okay right right. it's gonna be all me motherfucker okay (laughs) well you you deserve it you deserve it I'm just kidding I don't know it's all very tentative so Okay. I probably yeah. shouldn't have the, said the, anything. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the same for me. I have you know uh, you know Piazza Battle Ghost and I have the same agent Seb. So Seb has some things cooking for me now, right now. So well, like their brisket, <laughs> <laughs> peanuts, peanut sauce, yeah. <laughs> sauce, sauce, <laughs> le biscuit mou, le biscuit. Bah. <laughs> bab to f- bab to fragile, bab to fragile. How do you know that? Bab to fragile. <laughs> 
That was just like a running joke. You don't remember? Uh, I think uh, one of Bert's friends taught me it. We were talking about fragile white guys. Yeah, Bab too fragile. Yeah, that's soft, it. soft white, soft white boys. So, did you, uh, Ghost? Did you pick up any uh, Le Français? No, I didn't pick up any French, man. I can say like nothing. I can say like two words. Le biscuit mou. <laughs> you can say that. Lim biscuit. Le biscuit. Oh yeah, I forgot about that shit. <laughs> We listened to the second album of Limp Bizkit, like yeah. the whole fucking tour. And le- le- yeah, really. And let me tell you one thing. At first- it started out as a joke, but God damn it. And now I like it. At first, I was like, oh no, man, they're not serious. We're not going to listen to that shit. And after like, I think like 12 or 13 times listening to the album, I, I was like, I did it all for the nookie. No, the nookie. <laughs> Hey, I got another question here. Go ahead. This is from Synth Fetish at Synth Streams on Twitter. And they say, find out which one would emerge victorious in the Thunderdome. I'm pretty much set up for the Thunderdome already. I don't even know what your character would be, Dan, so... I haven't thought about it, so... (laughs) You haven't given this question I've just asked just now much thought? I would be much more concerned with Tina Turner, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I would be much more concerned with a Ford Falcon, which is actually the car that was used to build the Interceptor V8, the last V8. I don't give a shit about that Thunder Dome thing. I'm more into cars. I love the first one because of the cars and the bikes and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when they when they destroyed the, the Interceptor, I was like, oh, come on. That's what I want. I want So the- me, me, I would win. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would be a mechanic, you know, backstage go like, I'm fixing your car. Le bispremu, le bispremu. <laughs> well, listen, since I have uh, you both here, I, I figure I might as well throw some of your guys' tracks into the playlist, man. So we're going to listen to Ghost and the track Without a Trace.
And that was Without a Trace by Ghost off the album Behemoth featuring Haley Stewart. And I'm here today with Ghost and Dan Terminus talking about their cool tour, reminiscing about the good times. Is that fair to say? The bad times. Talk to me about the bad times now. We've had the good time stories. Pretty much the whole tour was a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. Just kidding. People don't understand, man. Everybody's like, what did you see when you were in Europe? And I was like, okay, pay attention because this is going to take a long time. Tour bus. Yeah. (laughs) Venue. Tour bus. Yeah, that's it. I, I, all the all the pictures I have of Europe are from out of the van window. So I bet you must have seen a lot of really great washrooms. No, saw, actually, fuck that, man. I don't know what it is about Europeans, but they're every fucking club over there has a shower cleaner than the one in my house. I don't understand it. I don't know how they do it because anyone's ever played in America, they know that this such a place doesn't exist. Even if you're going to play a big place, everything is shit, shit, shit behind the, the stage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with the clean bathrooms yeah. and all these. They would be in a metal club, like a tiny one, and it would just be immaculate. I'd sit on the floor and just take it all in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, James, but I, I really learned to shit anywhere during the tour because when you really gotta go then you gotta go I guess that's a good that's a good skill to have though because I'm one of those people when I go to the bathroom like I have I can't take a leak if there's like another dude in the next to me in the urinal or whatever like let let, let me tell you if you are going on tour you will quickly lose that habit really yeah (laughs) trust me trust me it's uh you gotta learn how to cross the streams man yeah cross the streams But, you know, James said that, said it right. Van, hotel, venue, van, whatever. I was the only one who, um, you know, you wanted to have bad times? Okay, I give you one bad time. We were stuck in Germany for two days with no power, no electricity, no water. We were parked next to a park and it was fucking depressing. And I was up. I couldn't sleep because those guys were sleeping in the van. You know, they were like all over the place and they were snoring like hell. It was smelly and shit. And I was like, okay, I might as well just stay awake. And I walked all alone in the park for three hours doing nothing being smelly, being dirty, nothing to eat. No the- cell phone service. Why was there nothing? Was it just because like you went, there was no power at the park that you were hooked to? or We, we were not supposed to park there. It was just a park. You know, a, a, with a parking lot for the people who are living nearby. We, we it was bad planning. It was bad planning. It was bad planning because it, our tour manager and Seb didn't know that there was a certain communication between the promoter and blah 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 so basically when we got to the venue people were like oh hey but here's power and here's a parking place you could have parked here for the whole time and we were like you know motherfucker motherfucker <laughs> you know? so, so we, we were a bit we were a bit uh, well infuriated we, by that we parked there because we had to get our Belarusian uh, embassy I mean um, visa so we parked right, right near the embassy is where that was and then we got to wait out. How long were we waiting outside that embassy, dude? Like two, two hours? Two hours. Three hours. We waited two hours. <laughs> the longest uh-huh. two hours of all. And, and when we were on the counter, everything was ready. We had passports, papers, 
checked in. We have the money in cash. And the Belarusian guy at the counter says, oh, you can only play with card. So... What? A special card. A, special, a special card. card, which is called... Not any card. Yeah, it's called Electro Money or Electro Card. And it's only in Germany. So we, we started... <laughs> to really feel like shit and we were like oh fuck this is fucked we can't do it and there was a guy after the tour manager who said that he could pay for us with with his electro card in exchange of our money our cash so the tour manager gave him the cash and the guy who was a total stranger uh, paid for us so he basically saved the tour well he saved that one show he which ended up being show. a really good show I mean uh, more bad times would be the Ukraine border the Belarus border I mean we were there for like eight hours a piece yeah. just yeah, sitting right. at the fucking border and I don't know why I mean I feel like a lot of times they were just fucking with us because they knew they could uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we would have the paperwork everything was perfectly in order all the fees were paid And then they would just make us sit there. You know, you can't get out and like smoke a cigarette or anything. You're just fucking trapped in the fucking van. Yeah, that sucks. When we crossed the the border from uh, Belarus to Ukraine, actually we got into a country that is still at war. So the guys there were not civil servants. They were fucking soldiers. And I don't know, James, if you if you remember the sign that said. Don't throw food out of your car. Don't throw your cigarette butts on the floor. Don't get out of the of the vehicle unless you're asked to. Don't talk unless you're asked to, and you will be fine. It was written both in Ukrainian and English. Yeah, and I saw it. You saw it. It was, a, it was like a DMZ right there, the demilitarized zone, and they had like big mounted machine guns on turrets and everything. Yeah, it was frightening. Yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> even it was, even for a Texan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were stuck in that van and we couldn't do anything. So I feel like we need to talk about some good shit now because there were I have some good stories. I have some good stories as well. So I, I want to focus on the good stories. It's much more interesting. Well, but it's nice to know sort of this the, the all the aspects of a, of a touring show. You know, so we imagine it's a tour bus full of whores and uh, you know people pouring champagne and stuff. But the reality is much. No, different, we are so. pouring champagne, but it was just us. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. We're gonna listen to another track here, and then we will uh, we'll celebrate some of the good times on tour. That's my terrible segue to that. So, here's a track by Cybermage, and this is a track called "Images and Visions."
was Images and Visions by Cybermage off the 2015 CE album. I think CE is probably a Roman numeral for a year, but I don't know what it is. Because no one uses that shit. Yeah. <laughs> CE does not exist in Roman numbers. Is that not a thing? L-X-V-I, but no E, as far as I remember. Maybe well... Bullshit, but I don't remember. You better Google that shit, dude. I better, uh, I will send Cybermage a message and say, what does this mean? Anyways, Ghost and Dan Terminus are here with me today. They just went on this whirlwind European tour and they were sharing stories about demilitarized zones and stuff, but it was also good times. <laughs> yeah, that was good times. <laughs> that was this one time, though. No, uh, let's see. Okay, Bratislava. No one was at the show. There's probably <laughs> 30 or 40 people at no, no, Varian. No, 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 no. Max, Max. Max. And for my show, when I opened, there was the tour manager, Ghost Perturbator, and four guys in the room. And I was like, it's a good story. This is a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. There were the, the spaghetti, you got to admit, the spaghetti was fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah, this? yeah, yeah. They okay, served so- a big plate of spaghetti with a bolognese sauce. It was ah, oh, it was ravishing. It was fantastic. <laughs> so what happens when you when you, when you're in that sort of situation where you're performing for like four people? Like okay, I mean, well, it was this part of the tour, like dead dead center of the tour. I decided I was done using tractor, and I downloaded Ableton and got a new controller in Bratislava and uh, did a whole new set for that night. Anyway, set was whatever. Small crowd. They were enthusiastic, but it was a small crowd. Uh, after that, we meet a guy that owns a tattoo shop. All right, now this is going to sound worse than it actually is, but the tour manager, he liked, you know, having a lot of fun. Like, he liked the party. So uh, the tattoo guy was like, listen, come to my shop. I'll give you guys free tattoos and I can get you, you know, whatever you want. So he's like, okay, I'm going to let you and Perturbator go, but only if you can get the shit I need. So we're like, all right, fine, we'll get it. He says he can get it. We got it. So we're walking, and this is like a five-kilometer walk to the tattoo shop, by the way. And I, lo- I forgot my passport, so I'm naked out here in Bratislava. <laughs> if I get stopped, you know, I'm totally screwed. But anyway, so we get about halfway there, and the dude turns to us, and he's like, uh, by the way, man, I can't get anything. Like, he didn't make a phone call or anything. He's just like, out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, God, man, you don't know what you've just done. The tour manager's going to be fucking mad as hell <laughs> so anyway they're like well we'll stop this liquor store and we'll get you guys some some liquor what do you want and me and Perturbator are both like whiskey that's what we drank the whole tour so they come out with a bottle of vodka naturally uh, we end up at the tattoo shop We, me and Perturbator get tattoos of each other's logos like a couple of real awesome guys <laughs> <laughs> we get really drunk it's a super nice tattoo shop probably the nicest one I've ever been into and I'm covered in them so I've, I've been to a lot before we get the tattoos and I'm like okay you gotta talk to the tour manager I'm telling the tattoo guy that because I'm like I'm not telling him that you fucked this up I immediately the guy's on the phone with him and he's like oh no no I'm so sorry he's like almost in tears because the tour manager had a really good talent for making people feel like very very small he was uh (laughs) he's got a a hell of a yell you know what i'm talking about dan he just fucking lets it all out (laughs) so anyway we had fun with those guys i made some friends that i hope i get to see again and uh i mean that was one really good night that ended up good for me and james anyway okay so let's talk about the good stories because i have a good story as you know i never drink alcohol but one night i was like okay this is what i call the glass of friendship 
I will drink like just a very, very small and tiny glass of alcohol just to, to share the friendship and uh, to agree on the fact that, well, alcohol can be fun if you drink very, a very, very small glass. But I had one beer and I was fucking drunk. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> you can tell, James, I was really drunk. And then I had a shot, a shot of whiskey. And I remember it tasted as if I was drinking um, a piece of wood, but turned <laughs> to liquid. Really. And I, and I was like, ah, that's disgusting. And then I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything else. I just woke up in the van and I was like... Hey, we're in the van. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, you slept pretty well <laughs> right after that shot. It's all I remember. I'm not going to do this every day, but just do doing it once, being slightly drunk just for once was a funny experience. When was the last time you had drank? Like before that? I mean, like to, for, for that, just two drinks to have like such an effect on you. I had like a beer when I was 13 or 14. It was a disaster. Uh, I had a few drinks with one of my exes and it was a disaster as well. But that, those were the only times I <laughs> drank. I never drank. Just ask James if you give me one beer or half of a beer, I'm drunk. I have a pretty low tolerance myself. I mean, I, I, but the, what you're describing reminds me of like when I drank in high school. Like I remember a dog fucking that punched me in the face. Quite comparable to Dan drunk. <laughs> it's like hanging out with a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when you are lost in Europe with your friends and you know that right after the concert is over, you're getting back to the smelly van. Well, getting drunk, just a bit drunk can be funny. It doesn't have to be a habit. It doesn't have to become a habit because it's bad. But it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to do this again, but it was every fun. Day, every day waking up, you know, with a hangover, all the younger guys on the tour were like, oh, man, this is, you know, we're just drinking. And I was like, for you guys, you're just drinking. For me, this is like third stage alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you use then, Dan, to power yourself during a show? Nothing. Just just the joie de vivre? Yeah, joie de vivre. And uh, just um, doing some stretches before the show because I, I cracked my neck. I, I snapped a bone in a, in my neck in, in Poland. So I said, all right, I got to do more stretches. I'm thinking about the music, you know, triggering my samples, playing my shit on the fly and everything. I just, that's all I need. Yeah, Dan spends a lot of time with his set, like before the shows, usually he's on his computer doing his thing while we're doing more whiskey which we shouldn't be doing <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true I tell you that's true but I only did it at the beginning of the tour because I was not satisfied with my laugh set which is okay everybody makes mistakes I make mistakes it's okay but I, I changed my set like three times for the first three dates and then I was like okay I'm just gonna leave it like that because I don't want to touch it anymore I just yeah man it's funny I'm with you I changed mine a few times because you have an idea of how it's gonna go but on stage in front of a crowd certain things don't work out like you think they will do you find that you can easily change things up because i mean like when you're doing the kind of sets that you guys do i mean like how flexible can you be if you sense like something's not working oh, well when i was using tractor i could do whatever i wanted but ableton's a little bit more rigid but it's also more reliable so i don't know it's give and take as for me i'm going to give you i'm going to tell you a secret about my live show i have many instruments that i play on stage well, virtual instruments. But suppose that I faint on stage and I forget to press my samples, my instruments, whatever. All you will hear will be the drums 
and uh, a bass an instrument. Using Ableton on, on stage is... Uh, it, it, my set can be flexible. I can change it on the fly, but it will be... It will sound very... Um, awkward in a way it will be very awkward it will not sound very polished but uh, polished sorry but I, I can do it <laughs> <laughs> what, what about when you're in Poland yeah I've actually changed everything up I'm using synthesizers now yeah really yeah I'm gonna do a live set for the next tour yeah that, that that's the same for me I, I want to buy a Korg M1 and bring it on tour or at least bring a small synthesizer and, and play more with a real instrument. I like the virtual instruments because you load them into your laptop, so it's cool, but I need I need um, a bigger keyboard. I, uh, I need just to play, just to play something other than triggering my samples and playing virtual synthesizer. I need the real thing. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. I'm just using like, uh, I got a couple of those controllers from Arturia, the ones that look like real synths mm -hmm. like the key lab 61 and that's a good one uh, I, I, yeah i got i got all the black editions too because i'm fucking cult <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna listen to another track yeah and then we're gonna uh keep talking this track is called falling in love by street drugs dtla
That was Falling in Love by Street Drugs, DTLA. What does that stand for? I don't know. And Terminus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still here with... Carpenter Brut and yeah. uh, Noir Deco. <laughs> That's why I did that uh, bilingual show, because I'm trying to like encourage Carpenter Brut to be on the show. You'll never have him. I doubt he will ever accept. Know, he does. He does interviews. Because I did that one on purpose, because I'm just like, you know what? If I can I show him that I, we can do it in French, like maybe he'd be more comfortable to do it. But anyways, he's not here today, so it doesn't matter. I'm here with Ghost and Dan Terminus. It was so that- everywhere on tour. Every night, somebody would walk into us with a Carpenter with t-shirt. And every night we played, there was always at least one guy who was like, hey, oh, you know what would be cool? You know this guy, Carpenter Brut, bring him on tour. <laughs> Who's that guy? He travels with like 20 people. It's not something you just do. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right. That's cool, man. Next time we'll just pencil him in. <laughs> I finally got to meet Frank, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, so how was he? I like him. I like him. Yeah. I really expected to hate him, but... <laughs> nah, exactly. You know, he's, he's a re- fucking, you know, fucking nice guy, man. Exactly. That's what I told you. It's really cool. Hey, listen, I got another question from Twitter here. Yeah. It's uh, from uh, Professor Scam, and he wants to know how much Kush do they smoke? <laughs> how much what? Kush dope weed. Dude, how much uh, weed? Dope? Did you say dope? It's <laughs> not my mom. <laughs> Grass? How much grass do you guys smoke? I I didn't because I I got asthma. I can't smoke, and my D days are over because they never started. Mm. James didn't do anything illegal, but (laughs) I don't smoke. I used to, but uh, now when I smoke, I'm just I get real fucking paranoid. Like I think everybody's, I think everything I say is weird, and it gets progressively weirder. (laughs) And if anybody even looks at me, I feel like they're looking at me like, "Why are you fucking talking?" So I just. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It's funny because I, I don't smoke anymore either. And I've actually been, I haven't smoked in a long time for the same reasons. Like it just, it, for, for me, I'm, I'm just too logical of a guy. And if something's bad oh, over and over again, like I don't just keep at it because everyone else is doing it. You know what I mean? I feel the same way about food, about, you know, just life. Like, you know, I'll have a buddy who'll just keep eating shitty food. And he's like, part of his meal is also popping like a fucking... A Tums or a you know like an antacid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, well, if everything you eat keeps making you fucking you know like your stomach upset and stuff like that, like change your fucking diet. And like with with the weed, it was the same thing. Like I just it was fun for a while, and then I just got to this point where it's just like this isn't fun anymore, and I just keep doing it because like everybody else would be. I'm the same. I and guess just, I would say any weed as long as I'm really fucking drunk. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll do. I have a really bad. I don't make good decisions when I'm drunk. If somebody's like. Hey, try this. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How bad can it get from here? But I guess that's the truth with everybody who's drunk. I mean, who makes good decisions when they are drunk? Ask him about the mm. Matrix Club in uh, Berlin. Oh, man, the Matrix Club went hard as fuck. If you're ever in Berlin, <laughs> do yourself a favor. After hours at the Matrix Club. Oh, yeah, definitely go there. Please go What's there. Ah, man, I don't want to talk too much, but I'm just going to say that me and Perturbator... We tore that fucking place to pieces, man. We danced the night away. They did. I was there to watch them because I was so fucking exhausted that I could only rest my head and look at them. And they were dancing. They were shining like stars. It was what the awesome. fuck is the... What is the Matrix Club? Yeah, is it, you don't know the you. Matrix Club, Andy? You no. have to experience it, brother. You have to go there. Yeah. And when you enter the Matrix Club, you enter another reality. 
people are always happy. You can drink as many beers as you want. You will be you will be drunk for all eternity. But you you won't have a hangover. You won't puke or anything. That's the Matrix Club. And the the next day, <laughs> when, the, ne the next day when you wake up, the first thing you say is, "Let's go to Matrix Club." It grows magic. <laughs> it was the only place open. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's why. If you want me to be honest, it was the only place open. Wait, is it called the Matrix Club? That's what it's fucking called, man. Yeah, that's the Can't Matrix make this Club. shit up. These are Germans, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, we were right driving in two separate taxis. Yeah, time. you remember those taxi cab guys were jerks. The ones like when we were leaving. Yeah, uh, I think you you left before, but they were like taxi cabs just lined out um, in front of this club because it was you know it was hundreds of people in it. And uh, the first like three or four we went to, they were like, "No, nah, no, nah, we can't take you there." And it's like, it's like two miles away. What do you mean? So I don't know what the fucking deal that, was. That, that, that was not enough for them. That was not far enough for them. And uh, I was with the merch guy whose name is Dan. And um, the, the, the taxi drivers were very rude to us mm -hmm. until we found one who said, "Yeah, okay, well, I'll take you. I'll take you." But I guess that situation would happen in France or Spain or Italy, wherever taxi drivers are rude or anything. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> we missed out on the real spot, though. I can't. I think it's called like Sephora or some shit. Like that's where we tried to go first. Ah, Sisyphus. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had a. Uh, it's an outdoor like rave party they have there every yeah. fucking day of the week but the day we were there the day we were there they closed it and before oh. before going to the matrix club we went into a very typical german bar and those guys dropped um, some vodka in my coca-cola while i was not looking so oh yeah i forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> i felt horrible afterwards because dan got drunk and i don't think he realized he was drunk and i was like oh yeah man uh we did that <laughs> Sorry. No, no it's like okay. that was weird. We in that little traditional bar there were two American women, yeah. young women. Who were lesbians, obviously. They were not lesbians, we just have no game. <laughs> <laughs> well listen, we listened to a ghost track, so now I think we'll listen to a Dan Terminus track, one of the ones I dig, because it's one of my favorites. It's a track called Solar Maxima. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh no. <laughs> Boy, I like that song. What's wrong with that song? Well, I don't like it. What's wrong with you? You realize that we don't like any of our our own songs, right? <laughs> yeah, after listening to our tracks for like like thousands of hours, EQing the shit out of it, working on it, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. You get to a point where you're like, was it ever worth a shit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then you, then you read a review and you're like, yeah, right on. That's exactly how I feel about it. It's fucking piece of shit. <laughs> well, speaking of this piece of shit, let's listen to it now. This is... Uh... Oh, we're still... <laughs> This is Solar Maxima by, by Dan Terminus.
And that was Solar Maxima by Dan Terminus off the Stratospheric Canon Symphony album. And I'm here with Dan Terminus and Ghost, who went on a cool tour and are telling fun anecdotes about it. But we can probably slowly wrap this thing up. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done too. Let's go. Goodbye. Let's go to the Matrix Club, James. Come with me. Oh, man. I swear. I wish I could take everyone with me there. So, if you could encapsulate uh, this whole sort of the tour you went on and what you guys have been up to and what your your life goals are and your uh, all that stuff, can you sort of wrap that into like a short sentence, each of you? Yeah. um, If someone. Let me. Go ahead. uh, no, ahead. No, that's cool. You go. No, no, you go, you go. No, I really want you to. No, come on, fuck you. You go, go first. I want you to for (laughs) inspiration. I don't know what I'm going to say. Okay. So, if somebody ever asks you to go on tour, don't. Don't go on tour. Don't do it. Okay? That's the most obvious thing. (laughs) Um, One thing I learned on tour is, of course, to shit anywhere. So, it makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. Makes you feel stronger. And, um... (laughs) That's pretty much... That's pretty much all I can say about it because uh, oh and if you are a non-smoker and you got asthma don't forget your Ventolin don't forget it what the fuck is Ventolin? Uh, inhaler oh okay okay oh you forgot your fucking inhaler? I did actually I left them on uh, in my dining room and I only found out when I was like four days in, in the tour and of course the pharmacies would not let me have any inhaler because you gotta have a prescription and if Ooh. you don't you have to be on the point of dying for them to give I told you him inhaler. to fucking I told him to fake it just go in there and we'll fucking act like you're dying I, just, I couldn't do it I, I had a fit of asthma in Bratislava I, I, I almost died and the merch guy goes like hey how are you uh, um, how are you doing how are you doing and I'm like oh <laughs> Yeah, I'm fucking fine. My lungs there, are collapsing. I'm fine. Okay, is there, um, besides the inhalers, is there any other thing you can do? Like, if you can't get to the inhaler, like, is there some sort of, like, fill a bag up with air or something? Like no, that? no, no. I would just hold him in my lap and stroke his chest lightly until he calmed down and whisper it to his ear, Dan, breathe with me now. One, two, two. three... Four and one and it works. I mean, it works. yeah, yeah, it, it did, it did. And he used to to lull me to sleep with that technique. I was like, oh, come on, breathe in, down, breathe out. <laughs> Forget about the smelly socks and the farts and the bad breaths. It's all a dream. Go to sleep <laughs> every night. He would put me to sleep like that. But what I learned, okay, what I learned is that uh, the good thing about the tour is that I consider. Both Jameses, that is to say, Pietro Bato and Ghost, to be very close friends, and I love them as if they were my my brother. So that's what matters the most. Can you top that, Ghost? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, follow your dreams, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It really, I had a lot. A lot of fun. It's just like any other job, I guess. I'll hopefully get better at it and hopefully get a raise on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> like Dan said, we all got super close. You know, Perturbator used to not answer my messages sometimes on Facebook, but now he answers every one. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in 
a very long, long time. Because he doesn't fucking answer his messages. And it's yeah. not, look, I was at his house with him for like an entire fucking day before the tour started. And it's not like there were like hundreds of fucking messages coming through his personal account. There'd be a few, but everyone that, he, that would come through, he just X, X, X. So he sees them. <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. Well, that's a good way to be. I mean, it is stressful, I guess. So if anyway, you get if you want Perturbator to answer your messages, just go on tour with him and uh, lie, <laughs> make up some stupid heartwarming story that he'll believe, and then you're good to go. Yeah, fuck him. If you're going to go on tour, get good at drinking whiskey and uh, black tooth shots, preferably. What is a black tooth shot? I'm not going to tell you, man. You should know, but since you don't, just uh, Google that shit, man. Well, do you guys want to? Uh, do you guys want to do like a goodbye here, like a nice goodbye for the uh, for the listeners and for the people who enjoy your music? Tell you what, yeah. If you're listening to this and and you buy my records and you show and you come to my shows and uh, you if you enjoy it in any way, I really appreciate it. It means more than you know. And if you don't do any of those things, then you can go to fucking hell. <laughs> Is that I, sweet enough? I, I second that opinion. And um, being on tour shows me that there are people out there who are much more de- dedicated than I thought. And they hold my music under the greatest of lights, which is a great compliment because I'm just a regular French asshole with asthma. And that's all. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. It means a lot. It means the world. Maybe it means... 10,000 times more than you think it means to me. Ooh, are you trying to top ghost here now? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's throwing numbers. Like, <laughs> number fucking... Well, I love my fans 100% more than you guys love yours. Tell you what. Oh, i tell you what. Tell you a funny story about that. When we were on tour, um, when we were signing, Perturbator and I would insult each other from one signing to another. For example, a fan would come to Perturbator and say, oh, can you sign my program? So he would sign the program... Uh, you know, Perturbator, he would um, then draw a line to my name and, and write, that guy is an asshole. So I would then sign after him and point to him and go like, that guy is a con. So we would insult each other. But we didn't draw any dicks on... Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> but that's like a rite of passage, man. As soon as you have a marker in someone else's piece of paper, right? Like, you draw a dick on it. You got to draw a dick on it. And then everybody's got their unique stance and how many, uh, how many whiskers they put on the sack and stuff. We got bored pretty rapidly with it because at first with Perturbator, we had a dick contest, which, which was to draw dicks as autographs. But I got bored with it. <laughs> I'm glad that's what you meant by that contest. A dick contest where we pulled <laughs> our dicks out and look at him. The contest was to see who could look the longest. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day Perturbator is pulling a dick contest uh, backstage. He was, hey, come on, guys, look at me. <laughs> that guy sleeps 14, 15 hours a day, man. I don't know how he does it. He's he is a fucking a young man. vampire. He had, he had his... Um, bunk at the back of the van was the lower bunk behind the, the seats it was literally like a like a cave and he would sleep in there we, we wouldn't hear him to the point that i was worried i would look between the seats and i was like james james you're awake and he was fucking sleeping yeah man when he come out of that bunk too it looks like somebody was being born yeah <laughs> it's just like a little hole for an exit yeah, o- o- only he, only he could uh, could access the bunk. But I guess James, you 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 slid into that bunk, right? Oh yeah, we slept together one night. I forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite 
sensual. It was elegant. <laughs> it doesn't sound elegant to me, but it... Well, it was, okay? What we did was elegant. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, we've had a lot of fun here today. Yeah. So it was good talking to you guys. Good catching up. It was good to have you guys on. We'll have you back, man, when you have uh, your new music out, which is all secret now. But when you guys uh, make some more stuff, then uh, come back on and talk about it. No problem. All right. Just, uh, you know, talk to my agent or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have time for this shit anymore. <laughs> all right, guys. That was good. See you, guys. Awesome. All right, See take you. care. See you, Dan. It's good to talk to you, man. See you, James. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Later, dude. And that was my conversation with Ghost and Dan Terminus. It's a fun chat. Those guys are cool. And we had a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to end the show with an appropriately titled track from Ogre off the album Calico Noir. And this is the track End Credits. So we're going to uh, we're going to leave on this tonight. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and tune in next week where my guest will be the uh, super talented FM 84 and we had a good talk and his new album is great Uh, and his uh, new collaboration with uh, singer Ollie Ride uh, they produced some fucking cool songs and uh, and it was great to talk to him. And as always, we're still continuing our Tweet at Meech campaign. So don't forget, you want Mitch Murder on the show, tweet at him and tell him to be on the show. Uh, He'll never do it, and it will never work, but it is a fun thing to do, unless I ever get a private message from him telling him to stop. And then I will tell you to stop, because... uh, What am I... I'm rambling. All right, guys, uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening. And here is Ogre and the track End Credits off Calico Noir.